Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everyone. We're continuing to discuss 1 Samuel in our morning Bible study. We are happy that you're here to join us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for coming in our midst, Lord, and teaching us everything that you have for us in these devotionals and showing us the way, Lord, and opening this, the way for these devotionals to reach those around the world, Lord. We also just thank you for being with us continually in our daily lives and when we go to work and stuff, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. You got a job, young man. <laughs> That's good. It's coming. All right, so we are in First Samuel chapter 16. The I'll say second half, if you will. So beginning in verse 14. So can I get a volunteer to read? I'll read it. All right, Kyla. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful, who is a skillful player of the harp. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. The one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is, a skill, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and, handsome, and a handsome person. And the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them by his son David to Saul. So David said to Saul and stood before him. Oh, wait. So David came to Saul and stood before him. And he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has fav found favor in my sight. And so it was, whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Mm -hmm. All right. There's a lot in there, mm -hmm. but I'll open up to you guys first. What questions or comments, and most importantly, what did the Holy Spirit reveal to you in this section of Scripture? Um, to me, I'd like to first point out is how the servant was talking about all the characteristics of David, even though he never met him, and at this point, David had never gone to war, so how did they know he was a mighty man of valor, a man of war? All he did was tend to the sheep, so it's prophetic. prophetic. Right, he was only recently anointed to be king, and you have the Lord making a way and a place for David inside the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not that he was putting him in the, in the place and a position yet, but he was already revealing to David that he was that the Lord is faithful that he was true to what he says he will accomplish it so he just had, had David 
out in the field with the sheep, and now he's anointed, and well, I don't know the exact length of time, mm-hmm. but it appears to be fairly quickly that David is now in the palace. Yes. Or has made room for him, made a place mm-hmm. for him. Instead of David trying to do this of his own or himself, kick down the castle wall and, oh, uh, Han's supposed to be the king, right? No, no. Yes. He just continued to follow the Lord and let the Lord make a way, prepare a way, and make room for him. Mm-hmm. Something we should all follow, apply to our lives. It's mm-hmm. good. Anyone else? What were we going to say? I mean, we're jumping ahead, so I really couldn't. Like, in verse 21, I'm pretty sure, is it Saul or David that, that he, actually, no, it's Saul. And he loved him greatly and became his armor bearer. It's almost like Jonathan when they met later, and it said that Jonathan loved David greatly and they became like knit souls to each other. And he loved him as, he loved himself, he loved David as he loved him himself. It seems as though the relationship with the two and David had started off the same at the start, but then Saul kind of went on his own thing. Well, he was already off on his own thing. Mm -hmm. But what is one of the promises of the Lord? For those that follow him, even your enemies will be at peace with you, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So... This is Saul, who clearly at this point, or prior to this point, but at this time in his life is not following the Lord fully. He's resisting and rejecting the Lord. But yet, David, who is following the Lord, so much so that the, that the Lord has appointed to be the next king, is doing it peacefully. He's putting him in the place. He's opening up doors and opportunities for David. And it's not, well, if, if we do things in the natural, even in, say, the business world, there's what's called or known as a hostile takeover, right? Essentially, there's war, and it's just very forceful and in your face, in people's faces. And as a result, uh, well, it's not a very pleasant environment. But in this... He sends David, who is a peacemaker. That's the whole point of sending David, right? To bring peace to Saul when he is distressed or oppressed by this distressing spirit, right? Yes. So the Lord is using that, even that, to demonstrate to David that he'll accomplish all he said he would do. But then also allowing what's going on in and how the Lord is operating in and through David to be noted throughout well, the entire kingdom, especially with the king. Mm-hmm. But to say God is using that does not mean that God is doing that. Responsible, yes. Uh, for to Saul. He's correct. Okay. Well, you can bring that up. Oh, okay. Well, this is a key point that must um, be discussed. In verses 14, 15, and um, 
was that 16? It, it references the spirit of the Lord departing from Saul, but then it says a troubling spirit or a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled Saul. And it's important to know that it can't be both. Correct. Right? So while they're attributing these factors to both being to God, they're not, in fact. At this time, they didn't have widespread knowledge or understanding that there is a devil, um, Satan, who is an adversary, uh, who's doing all these things, and everything is not being done by God. Um, yes, it's a spiritual force, but that doesn't make it God himself doing it, because we see very multiple places throughout the scriptures where Jesus talks about um, when they said, well, he's casting out demons by, because he's a demon, by Beelzebub. And Jesus goes, no, it doesn't work that way. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So God being divided wouldn't be acceptable. It would be contrary. Right. Also, Scripture says every good and perfect thing comes from above, from the yeah. Father of lights. So from James the Lord. chapter 1. Yes. Right. And there in him, there is no deviation or shadow of turning. Mm-hmm. So he's not good and bad. He's not yes and no. He's not, I'm going to be nice to you one day, but tomorrow, who knows what you're going to get. Um, he's, he's not that kind of God. But what happens is there are spiritual laws, especially prior to Jesus coming and dying on the cross, right, and shedding his blood for us and placing it on the mercy seat and taking back the keys of hell and of death. Satan had those things. He was, they were given to him by Adam in the garden because God entrusted Adam with those things. So when Adam gave over his authority, Satan came into the picture. And of course, he's not going to make himself readily known like, hey, I'm the devil doing this to you because then people wouldn't know and go, oh, okay, that's bad, right? He's a deceiver. So um, even when we're looking at Job, the beginning chapters of Job, the first chapter, in fact, and you see the sons of God presenting themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them also mm-hmm. because he had a, an, a right to be there and authority because of what Adam gave him. And when he came, it was like he was coming to the judge in the court of God to make his petition and state his case. Well, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Absolutely. But and then Satan is also what? The accuser of the brethren. So those of the faith or those of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Those are led by the Spirit. They are the sons of God. So the devil is there, yes, as a roaring lion seeking who he can devour, Mm -hmm. but there to to accuse you, to try and to before God Mm -hmm. in an attempt to lay claim Mm -hmm. to you or access, direct access to you. That's why he said to Peter, Mm -hmm. the devil has come to sift you like wheat. Mm -hmm. But I have prayed Mm -hmm. for him. So That was Paul. Peter. Sorry, that was Peter he was talking to. Okay. Yes, it was Peter. Mm -hmm. I thought I said that, but it was Peter. So Peter and Jesus talking Mm -hmm. together. So that was Jesus just helping to identify to Peter the exact same thing that is being discussed we are discussing here today Mm -hmm. the enemy like was coming to oppress him right and put pressure on him to make him deny god and then by that denial claim him 
and be able to sift him as wheat. What does that mean? That wasn't a good thing. <laughs> that was to steal, kill, and destroy in the life of Peter and destroy the plan and the will of God coming to pass in his life. Right? That's, yes. what, he, that's what he did in the garden was to try to destroy the plan of God coming to pass. And he wanted to stop it in Adam and woman's life. We call her Eve, but her name was initially woman. Mm -hmm. And every, every believer and thing since then. Well, Mr. Saul here opened the door for the enemy um, some, some chapters back, right? Yes, as a result of sin, mm -hmm. which the horse perspective on that is a breaking of faith with him. Also, rebelliousness and idolatry. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was something else more important in, in, in this case, Saul, King Saul's life, than the Lord, which is why he was not, Saul was not obedient mm -hmm. and carried out everything the Lord had told him to do. Um, yes, that was back in chapter 15. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, but in so doing, it opened up the door that the devil, the adversary, could lay claim. So, but oh, also, sorry, what happened? The Lord removed his Holy Spirit. The Spirit left. The Holy Spirit mm -hmm. departed from Saul. Mm -hmm. Is that any different from what Jesus says about uh, casting out of demons, right? During Jesus' time on earth as, as a man, as God and man, right? Where he says, and... Some will sweep out the house and clean it up and all that after a spirit is cast out. But if it's not filled, then what? Seven more. Seven worse more worse return, more. yes. Okay, why? As you've left it unlocked. You there's nothing to fill it. There's no strong man, the Lord, with authority to thwart the enemy. You've removed them from you've you've essentially bound him the Lord, and not that you can bind the Lord, but you've, you've fought with the Lord, you've pushed him out mm -hmm. so that he can operate in how he wants to operate in your life, to protect you, to, yeah. to minister to you, to, to make you holy as he is holy. Mm -hmm. We still have to give God permission Amen. to work in our lives, the Holy Spirit, we do. And, you know, you see back in chapter 10 of 1 Samuel, verses six and seven it talks about you know when samuel broke the flask over um saul and kissed him and told him what the lord wanted to do for him again and actually anointed him he told him that then the spirit of the lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man and let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for god is with you so you see that that point there where the holy spirit comes to dwell upon saul and God being with him. Now, back in verse, I mean, in chapter 16, that spirit, that same spirit that God allowed to rest on him departed. God is not going to wink at iniquity. Absolutely not. He just doesn't. He's holy. He's just. And furthermore, God cannot lie. Jesus told us that uh, a spring can't be both salt and sweet. Right? You can't have both yes. blessings and cursings proceeding from the same source. So then he's saying being single-minded. 
So if he were both blessing you and cursing you, he would be a double-minded God. Therefore, would be invalid, and he's not. Right, just like a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Mm-hmm. Right, same, the same concept is there. Jesus made that very clear. He clarified a lot of these misconceptions that they Absolutely. had about who God is. Yes, but one thing that you brought up about Job, in, in Job, how the devil had, had access to the throne room to accuse mm-hmm. Job, right? He, you see, if, you, if we really look at Job, especially the first you know, couple chapters there, mm-hmm. where the, the devil is there trying to get access to Job, but he says, no, you got a hedge, you're protecting him, you do all these things. What does the Lord then say? Okay, I'll give you access. But you can only go this far. Mm-hmm. You can't touch him, but you can touch all that he has, right? Why? Well, because Why? the Lord's in control, and the Lord is the one that protects. Also, Job was righteous, and the Lord's intent was to bless him double for experiencing persecution for the gospel's mm-hmm. sake, right? But uh, I bring that up because of this. The Lord's in control, regardless of what is going on or how it seems, right? The Lord is not, the the verbiage in in verse 15 is a distressing spirit from God, right? It's not from the Lord, but the Lord does have control and authority over all, right? Jesus makes that very plain. If you look at Mark chapter 1, um, Verses 21 through 28, there is the point where Jesus casts out an unclean spirit from uh, a child, yes. right? And the, um, the people around him were, in verse 27, says they were amazed. And they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits, mm-hmm. and they obey him. So, here's the thing. That's why you can see in Job, that exact principle is played out. Where, because of sin, because of sin, we, when we sin, we give the devil a foothold. A legal right and access. Exactly. As a result of the spiritual laws Mm -hmm. that are in place to essentially wreak havoc in our lives. So, so the spiritual laws are not there to wreak havoc. The enemy no. is there to wreak havoc. The spiritual exactly. laws are a result of God's righteousness. This is what God said. The penalty for sin is death. Amen. For yes. whomever engages, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's no special or partiality in it. The penalty of sin is death. And when sin reaches its fullness, it brings forth death. Yes. In variety of shapes and forms along the way, but ultimately the physical life of the person is, and their spiritual life is what is at stake. Correct. So the laws are not there to hurt anyone. The sa- Satan is there to hurt. That's, That's it. Mean. Yes, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I was getting there. That's okay. <laughs> but no, that was, okay. I was good. Thank you. Yes. So the spiritual laws are not there to hurt. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's the devil. That's what he does, right? Mm-hmm. But the Lord's still in control because the Lord gives them limits. He does. Yeah. Now, if Which we go on. grace. Amen. <laughs> it's grace. But if we go on willfully sinning, mm-hmm. that's more and more of a foothold that the devil then has in your life. Mm-hmm. That you've given him more access. You might as well have left the front door open. 
The whole point is to shut it, to lock it, mm-hmm. to guard our hearts, to keep them focused, our heart, spirit, soul, body, mind, strength, everything focused on the Lord and to walk in obedience with him. Mm-hmm. Right, so you see all those same things. It, and that's not the only places in the Bible where it discusses that, where mm-hmm. you know, uh, essentially even Paul talks about it. He's like, I've turned that one over to the devil so their soul can be redeemed. Right, so there is going to come a time and a place where we've just had enough of being oppressed, right? Of allowing the devil to have a foothold in our life, where then we're we're ready to deal with it and do something about it. But it always comes as a result of sin. All right, you um, have that. Oh, go ahead. Honey. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, in in Deuteronomy, you see where the Lord is going. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, in particular, he talks about these are the blessings of obedience. So you can understand that and go, when I am obedient to the Lord, I remain under his covering. That's how you can look at it. This is the blessing of remaining under the, the wings of the shadow of the Almighty, right? When you, yes. when you stay under the, his shadow, it's by and through obedience, right? When you obey his word, the beginning verses tell you, if you obey and you keep it to do all that's written here, these things will be a part of your life because you're staying under the grace and the covering of God, right? However... Should you step out and remain away, the curse is out there. He's not saying, I have the curse. There's no curse in heaven. When we look back at, when you skip forward to Revelation, when he's describing to you his throne room and his kingdom and heaven, he's not talking about curses and sickness and disease. Actually, it's quite the the contrary. He said there's no lie going to even enter in. So clearly he doesn't have lies. Who is the father of lies? Satan. Satan, of course. And anything that causes sin... That it comes from Satan. So he's not he's not both hot and cold here. He's not a yes and no God. Saul was under the covering of the Lord and under his grace. And when he decided to be rebellious towards God and then not repent and remain there, the covering that was he was under, he departed from and the Lord allowed him to go. God is not going to continue to go, yes, I sign off and I know you're willfully sinning. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, it referenced that people that sin knowingly no longer have the, the repentance that comes or the, the covering that comes. There's no more remission of sin for that one because they've now crucified themselves again, the Lord of glory. They're putting him to an open shame, the sacrifice that he made for them. So God had neither tolerated open rebellion then or now. He's the same God. So there is such a thing as frustrating the grace of God. There's time for us to come back and repent and get back under the covering. However, should someone choose to remain there, that's their choice, to remain outside of the covering, right? Where there is sin, where there is sickness, disease, trouble, calamity, etc., etc. So, and then God couldn't, he cannot take away his spirit, right? He can take away, but then provide a troubling spirit, but then provide David to re- offer relief. That seems like confusion, correct? And all kinds of yes. duality. Well, we understand that clearly one of these is not from the Lord, and one is. So, yes, God has the right to remove his spirit because we choose. Because we war with him, mm-hmm. we're wrestling with him, right? That's even described. And Acts with the, well, then apostles, Jesus' disciples, with Gamaliel. 
and he says, hey, don't, don't do anything with these people. If it's of the Lord, then you may in fact be found fighting against the Lord. And if it's not, it'll be brought to nothing. Mm-hmm. The Lord is good and only good. So we should not be fighting against the Lord. Mm-hmm. But walking in step and in stride with him. So, so we'll, we bring all this up just so there is understanding. Evil does not come from the Lord. No. Only every good and perfect thing. Mm-hmm. So as a matter of walking that out, mm-hmm. and by that I mean walking in obedience with him, mm-hmm. not giving the devil a foothold in our life mm-hmm. or something that he can bring before our Father to accuse us with. Mm-hmm. Now, yep, there is grace. Absolutely. That we access through faith. But even in so doing, right, let's look at even coming to Christ, what's one of the first things? It's repentance. Mm-hmm. Acknowledgement of, hey, I am a sinner or was a sinner. Right? Yes. And all that has to be done in acknowledging the Lord in his place. And then coming in under his lordship. I would say not even making him, but because he already is Lord and Savior. Yes, yes. But it's acknowledging that and coming into that. That he is your, my personal Lord and Savior. Exactly. Mm-hmm. James chapter 1, verse 12 through verse 18 is, is good good study to help you understand these concepts. Okay? Because who has a who has a better reflection of the Lord? Number one, God Himself. Yes. And Spirit inspired, right? Holy Spirit filled people understanding and speaking by the revelation of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good study to go along with this chapter. Just just to see God God for who he is. He is a good God and he only does good things. So I want to point this out too. This is the second half of that. And you started bringing it up, honey. Okay. About David and when he would play the harp, right, there would be peace. Mm-hmm. David, who now has the Spirit of the Lord resting upon him. Right. Right. In, in verse 23 it says, Then Saul would become refreshed and well and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Mm-hmm. So, verse 13, where we left off, when David was anointed, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Mm-hmm. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Yes. So, so it was the Holy Spirit working in and through David. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing. We, people, us, you, me, everyone, has to acknowledge something else mm-hmm. and, and learn from this. It's not just about being obedient. It is, we have to be obedient to the Lord. But also, let's look at our, I'll say, judge our own heart and our own mind. It's one thing to just go to church or whatever your place of worship is, right? But it shouldn't be just religious tradition and a check in the box. Saul, in this case, King Saul, really enjoyed having David around, being around him, because, yeah, there was relief. There was he was refreshed, he was renewed, if you will, but only briefly, only while he was around the Holy Spirit. And I say what I said because of this, right? How many of us go to church because we like the way it makes us feel? When we leave that environment, 
or while we're there, I should say. We're refreshed, we're renewed, right? We, we feel closer to the Lord. But then what happens after we leave? After that hour, two hours, whatever it is that we spend in the presence of the Lord, what happens after that? Do we remain in the Lord's presence? Or do we depart? And then continue to allow the devil to have a foothold in our life. It's, it's, it's about more than just going to church, to a brick-and-mortar structure, if you will. It's about more than just the, quote-unquote, religious traditions. But it's about actually having a personal, deep, and intimate relationship with the Lord in our lives. Him constantly working in and through us, mm-hmm. refining us, perfecting us, moving forward, strengthening our relationship in the Lord, building up our relationship and our faith in Him. Mm-hmm. This wouldn't have been a thing for Saul unless the Lord still had and was keeping an open door and an opportunity for Saul to repent. Mm. The Lord doesn't wish that anyone would be oppressed. John 3.16, He doesn't wish that any should perish. But that all would have everlasting life, mm-hmm. eternal life. Mm-hmm. Or he wishes that none would perish. Well, we have to choose that. We have to step into that. Mm-hmm. That's a choice mm-hmm. for each and every one of us. It's about more than just feelings. It's about actually entering in with the Lord's presence and with Him in our life. Him being our God. The Lord that is being our God and we being his people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, before we close, talk about something really quickly. I, I beforehand mentioned verse 13 of the same chapter where David was anointed and he began to play and, you know, at this point he's just ministering to Saul under the anointing of the Most High God. We have a gift and purposes that are given to us by God, and he doesn't change the calling that he gives us, but the anointing must be taken care of. It's not guaranteed. The anointing to do it has to be cared for. Saul was anointed to be king. God gave him a a gift and a calling, right? And he also anointed him to do that. So not only did God say, I have this purpose for you, and you're going to walk in it, but I'm going to give you my spirit, right, my grace, my anointing to carry it out. But it's not something to be taken lightly or taken for granted. Well, I have this anointing. I can go do whatever I want to with it. No, No, sir. No, ma'am. It has to be respected. It has to be cared for because the anointing is from the Holy Spirit. And that's in everything. Back in um, when the tent of meeting was being constructed, right? The Lord had given his anointing on people to be artisans and to construct and build incredible things. They were given an anointing, a gift, in order to accomplish that. So it's not not just in the position or title that you have. It's in all things. What is the anointing the Lord's given you? And how are you utilizing that? And how are you treating God in the process? You cannot have this anointing but depart from Him to get it done. You cannot push Him out of it and refuse to be submitted to Him. Because it doesn't work that way. The anointing belongs to the Lord. Yes, absolutely. 
which is, and you, you see people, you can think, you see people with gifts. God gave them gifts. He said it, he gives those gifts and callings without repentance. He's not a yes and no God. He gave it, and he's not taking it back. However, the anointing is not yours to do whatever you want to with. The Spirit of God is God. He is who he is. He's not your or my toy or plaything. He is the living God. The spirit of the true and living God who carries out the power of things working in this earth that God wants to bring to pass. So you must cultivate that relationship. You must remain in fellowship and communion with him for the anointing to remain and for your gifts to function correctly. You see someone who has an, an, an anointing or a gift from the Lord from singing and they start off with God and you can tell God is with them. But then Wherever it happens along the line, they refuse to remain with the Lord. And the anointing departs, and their gift is misguided and it's misused. They may still make money, but it's putrid what's coming out of them versus it being glorifying to God. Saul still sat on the throne for some time, but it was putrid. It was defiled. It was. Because what did it produce? Only warfare. There was no peace in the whole kingdom during his time of reign. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that, especially early on, the Lord did use him uh, mightily to... When the anointing was upon him, sure. Absolutely. He was used. He was able to accomplish what God wanted him to, and God was glorified, and there were victories. But there was much during his reign that was not brought to the place where the Lord wanted it to be. Not just for Saul, but for, for all the people of Israel to bring peace, to establish them, and to be a blessing to them. Mm -hmm. It only comes from following the Lord fully. It does. And, you know, people may go, well, I can take this gift that the Lord gave me, and, you know, they, had an, and they may have an anointing at some point, and then they start to use it for ungodly things. Same thing we see of Lucifer in the beginning. Yes. And um, then it is turned to something else. And it may seem like, well, they still make money. They still have all this other stuff, but they're hollow on the inside. There's death in what they're saying and doing, not only to themselves in their own life, but the people that are listening and following them. Be mindful as you're listening to music. Guard Tra your gates. All right, talking about transference. Guard your gates. David was ministering to Saul. Saul wasn't ministering to David. And he was ministering in agreement and harmony and communion and fellowship with the Spirit of God, the anointing of God. Yes. Right? And Saul was blessed thereby. However, Saul did not have the anointing and the life, the living presence of God in his own life. Which is quite a difference. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So take care of each of you, each of us. Every, every person that has been born again has a call from God, right? And an anointing yes. to carry it out. Take care of it. Respect it. Use it for what it's designed for, which means use it in submission, complete submission of your will 
your spirit, soul, and body to the Most High God. Your spirit is already submitted. The reborn spirit is submitted. The soul and the body needs to be brought into alignment and made to remain there. All right. I like the anointing. Well, let's, let's pause there for today. And we'll pick up with chapter 17 next time. Who wants to close us out in prayer? I will. Go ahead. Thank Layla. you, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your grace and for your mercy, Lord, and that you're not double staring like humans are, Lord, and that we can always fall back and depend on you, Lord, and trust that you always lead us in the way of righteousness, Lord, because you are righteous and there's no way you could be wicked ever. Lord, and I just thank you for your goodness, Lord, and for your glory and for everything that you've done for us, Lord, and that you are doing for our nation, for other nations, for countries, Lord. And I ask that you'll continue to bless and keep your hand over your people, Lord, and continue to guide them and all that they do, Lord, and that you will get the glory out of it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.